Time the for this. Tight five. The tight five indeed. It doesn't need a big fancy stager with bells and whistles. It's really just our man well, saying those three words. Actually, Jason, the tight that was five. One of, my, uh, one of my requests for 2021. I said, honestly, it's an amazing segment that everyone tunes into. So we've got to get <laughs> bells, whistles, as I said, any kind of animal noise. A know, dog barking, perhaps. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It needs more. All right, five sporting questions to uh, to pick over. Thomas and I are going to start with Logan Van Beek's catch, uh, one of the great one-handed catches. Uh, what are the others that, that sort of are in the conversation? The tight five. The tight five. <laughs> we can't get rid of it now. <laughs> what are the other catches in the great yes, one-handed catch There's conversation? Going on with my rotation. There we go. Oh, look, um, Matthew Sinclair's absolutely, uh, Jason, for me. It was the one that's struck out as soon as I saw it I was like yeah good not as good as Matthew Sinclair's I guess you know Logan Van Beek can only catch what's in front of him but Matthew Sinclair's one was Australia in Australia with that big roaring crowd and it was Matthew Hayden he dismissed so pretty hard to go past those as um if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, and I guess you do. You've got to wrap a bit of context around them, don't you? I mean, if, if for example, Logan Van Beek hadn't made that catch yesterday, Wellington still would have won the game. Uh, you know, they were, uh, Canterbury were, uh, sorry, Northern were 65 for six at the time, uh, or for five when he took the catch. He made it six. I can't remember. Did New Zealand win the game that Matthew Sinclair took that catch in? Yeah, I think we did because we had a really, really good series. That was the one, uh, I don't know if you remember, Jason, when Brendan McCullum had a ramp shot in the final over off... Maybe Michael Kasparich or Brett Lee even. I know he um, ramped Brett Lee and, and no one could believe it. No one could believe the audacity no, could, of this kid. Yeah, yeah, so he was batting down at number eight at that point and I think Hamish Marshall was in that side. Yeah, we did win that one anyway. All right, yeah, I think I think um, Sinclair's deserves certainly to be in the conversation. But yeah, uh, with the thing about, about Logan Van Beek's happening as it happened now in 2021 is that social media just explodes with it, doesn't it? I saw you know, Ben Stokes um, shared yeah, it on his Twitter, Yeah, to, to his 900,000 Twitter followers. <laughs> so all of a sudden, yeah, there's a lot of people catching it. So, yeah, what a bit, the, the views for it must be in the hundreds of thousands now. Incredible. All right, uh, speaking of uh, cricket and the Dream 11 Super Smash, uh, the Black Caps will sort of uh, filter back in. Mitchell Santon was there yesterday for Northern. Tom Blundell was there for... Wellington yesterday, I see down in Canterbury today, um, Ross Taylor's going to play some Super Smash cricket today for CD against Canterbury. He'll join uh, Will Young and um, Ajaz Patel. Matt Henry's going to play for Canterbury, as is Daryl Mitchell. Do you like the, the Black Caps back in the Super Smash? Oh, look, I think the Super Smash needs it, Jason. I, I think it's probably struggling to get people outside of the, the core cricket fans' uh, eyeballs. and I. Uh, Look, I can understand why New Zealand cricket do it, of course. It's to try and improve that competition and, and keep people focused. But I think as a, a cricket fan and a customer, I'd probably quite like to see uh, New Zealanders given an opportunity to play a summer in the Big Bash. I think personally, that I think it would be amazing to imagine watching Ross Taylor play for the Sydney Sixers and Trent Bolt play for the Melbourne Renegades. You know, I think that would be amazing. Munro's over there, isn't he? Colin Munro? Yes, yeah, so anyone that plays... Over there can now no longer be picked for the Black Caps. So there's right. Adam Milne and Colin Munro over there. Okay, okay. I, I like the fact that they're there. And and to be to be honest, what what else are these guys going to do between now and when they next play internationally? Which isn't until Monday the twenty second of February. That's an awfully long way away. That's the next time the Black Caps will play an international game of cricket. So the the grand final of the Super Smash is on the thirteenth of February. So these guys now can come back and play 
the rest of the Super Smash. So yeah. I think it's going to add a real layer to the to the sort of the second half of this competition and the final series. Yeah, well, I, I do agree with you with that. And of course, the players will want to play because they love playing their cricket, and there'll be fans there. But I do remember Jimmy Neesham tweeting last year that uh, he was quite keen to see this discussion broadened because basically the Black Caps aren't allowed to play the Big Bash if they're a New Zealand contracted cricketer. So. These players are never going to be given the opportunity, unless they cut ties with New Zealand cricket, to go and play in that league and experience, which is probably almost on par with the IPL. And I kind of think maybe at some point, New Zealand cricket, we could have the conversation about maybe sucking it up for a couple of months and letting our guys go over there and play and then having our test and one-day calendar around the Big Bash. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's actually. It's a, I hadn't even thought of it really. I hadn't. I hadn't thought of. I, like, I don't. I haven't been grabbed by the big bash really. And maybe that's because I, I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have anyone who I really know. Obviously, Munro and Milner there, as you say. But if there were New Zealand players there, maybe there would be a bit more interest in it. And and you're right. From a player's point of view, I'm sure that they would, you know, relish the opportunity. Some of them to to go and play in that competition because it does seem to get a lot of hype around it. I'm sure they can get paid well. So, yeah, maybe it's something to be discussed in the future. And certainly Jimmy Neesham, as you mentioned there, opened that conversation. Which one that stands out, yeah. Absolutely. All right, uh, number three in the tight fives around the Phoenix and the red card that ruined the game. I'm not sure if you watched this game last night. I know you don't follow the Phoenix as closely as I no, do. No, I did. But, I, did. Uh, I watched the second half, and I was actually quite yeah. impressed with us, to be honest. But we were. I mean, the first half, it was... Look, I've just been really imp- impressed with Wellington under Ufuk Tele. I just think he's brought Same. a real freshness to the side. And and even though they had a bit of a rocky start last year, losing their first four games, they were never totally outplayed. And once they started beating sides, they they you know they looked every inch a team that would be in the playoffs and be high up. And 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 so it transpired. Third, they finished. I thought the first half yesterday was just exceptional against a team Macarthur who have been talked about as being a bit of a. I mean, they're the newest team to the competition, but they've assembled a really good roster, and most people are picking them as. Um, as being in the top six. So if, if that's the benchmark, then the Phoenix are, are nailed on top six contenders as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, I, I know when Radan left, we thought, oh, no, we're going to slip back into just sort of um, has-beens. But uh, Tele's actually taken us to a new level. We, the way we play our footy is amazing to watch. Certainly in that midfield, we always seem to have control of it. So I think that bodes pretty well for the Phoenix this year. Like, I think... We'll probably be a top six side again, which is exciting. Just on that red, really quickly, um, Piney, I, I do think just the conversation or the, the thought process needs to, to change a little bit to um, what, why should this um, be given a red card? Like, as opposed to looking to, for a red card, it's let's look for reasons why it's not a red card, and then if there's no other reasons, it becomes a red, if, if I've explained that correctly, because it was incredibly soft and it ruins the game there was only other. There was only going to be one winner once that um, once Rufa was sent off, and it was an accident. And so I just think they're too quick, particularly in football. Uh, we have the problem slightly in rugby as well, but particularly in football, where we're looking for reasons to get people sent off. Yeah, no, you're, oh look, I, I I think you're dead right. I think the base should be uh, a no red card, and then work your way back from there. Rather than say that's a red card and then try and work your way Correct. forward that's to find a reason not to, yeah. And look, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. A dreadful decision. One of the worst I've seen. Uh, staying with football, FA Cup. Uh, we're going to talk Adam, to Adam Bridge about the FA Cup third round after two o'clock. There's been a, a, an upset here and there. Uh, do you feel it's still got its luster? Still got its magic? No fans there, of course. Mm, look, I, I probably would have parked it this year, uh, Jason. To be honest, I think it's just it's not a big enough competition with enough interest. 
for me to warrant, you know, COVID cases, about 1 in 30 in London have it at the moment, is that right? Uh, more people in hospital yesterday than back in the peak in April. It's not like it's the Premier League where it's a massive global audience watching it. It's actually outside of England, not as, I don't, I don't think in any way, it's not a hugely valued cut compared to the Premier League. I don't know, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, well, certainly not. I think a lot of teams now um, in the Premier League, you know, up until about the, the quarterfinal stage, don't even put out their best sides. Uh, nowhere near their best sides. The problem with COVID is that some teams can't put out a side. Look at Aston Villa the other night when they played Liverpool. They were forced, effectively, to play an under-23 team because that 10 of their guys, senior squad had COVID-19. Derby the same overnight, and it cost them as well, losing to, to Chorley who play in the sixth tier. So, yeah, look, I, I, st- I still think there's some romance about it, and and I think for the the upsets are the thing, and and I'm sure the the you know the guys from Chorley are still partying after beating. Oh, Derby. there's an amazing video that we'll play later, Jason, with us singing Adele um, in the change. That. He says it's fantastic. Adele. What Just a, growing English lads. What a choice! What a choice! Uh, and finally, uh, best sports documentary. You've watched a pretty decent one recently. Last night, actually, funnily enough, we watched uh, Andy Irons, uh, Kissed by God. Uh, Andy Irons, the surfer that uh, died of a drug overdose in 2000, oh, mid 2000, no, 2010, I think it was, around about. But uh, what it was like was, I don't know if you've seen Ben Cousins, Such as Life, Jason? No, no he, I haven't. He's an AFL player, that very similar story. They're basically bipolar. So uh, he was winning uh, surfing events, beating Kelly Slater. He won three world surf titles in a row. Um, basically high on drugs and all sorts of other um, pills the whole time he was on the circuit and it was just showing about how no one knew, they didn't know enough about bipolar at that time to be able to diagnose it or control it and so it just sort of showed the way the brain works and how these guys can still operate at an incredible level and, and, and be kind of a bit of a train wreck outside if you know what I mean. All right, uh, Kissed by God, Andy Irons, I might have to uh, have to check it out. Yeah, good it stuff. Was, because what it got me thinking of is it was a couple, um, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. I don't know if you've seen Rush, the movie, um, where it sort of is the uh, rivalry between those two race car drivers. And you've got one that's an absolute consummate professional, which Kelly Slater is. Kelly, I don't think, drinks a hell of a lot and he's just an absolute athlete. And Andy Irons was basically that uh, extroverted uh, kind of rogue character that drank a lot, partied a lot, but basically seemed like a kind of almost more talented if you know what I mean and it was this amazing rivalry and yet bipolar and just completely um, off the chain basically and yet still won all those world titles it was very very much worth watching It's the DRS with Martin Devlin and accesssolutions.co.nz for experience safety and innovation on Newstalk ZB